back and we 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 and we back and we back all right boys so uh we're back doing this again we're back after a long over what it's almost been a three-year hiatus um yeah wow here we go that's a long uh a long reservation in advance to come back to the brunch table but we're here so wait the last time we did this was june 2017 is what i have on record that's a long time that's a long time (laughs) very long time (laughs) Well, what's up to everybody? Uh, This is the Brunch Breakdown. We haven't done this in a very long time. I am Daniel Dudley over here in California, and uh, Chris is in West Virginia, and Dan is uh, somewhere. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't, we're not, (laughs) that's not how this is going to restart. I am very solidly in Pennsylvania along with Dan. Yes, I'm just in Pittsburgh. Chris is just out in Pennsylvania. It's, it's fine. I wouldn't say solidly <laughs> in Pennsylvania. That's not what I would say if I were explaining where, like, you were lived. Because you live very close, like, super close to where my parents live. No, that's not true. That That's yes, not... What, what do you define as close? Like, over the hill? Like, I could say Chris <laughs> lives up the hill from my parents. No, 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 no. no. This is... <laughs> This is fake news. This is not real. I live in Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay. Sure. All right. Well, (laughs) the reason why we decided let's get the brunch breakdown back together is because we are all stuck inside. All absolutely stuck inside doing absolutely nothing. And uh, yet working, of course, to anyone listening who might employ us. Yes. We're working. Of course. But we have a lot of free time where we could be doing, you know, this. Yes, because we've all been very, very busy with changes in our lives. Uh, mostly you two. I'm still, you know, doing fine over here. <laughs> More minor changes on my end, but uh, you've both uh, grown in a number of ways, and uh, you know, yeah, very proud of, Thank very, you. very proud of you both. Um, so, but I'm. It's it's a very exciting to be podcasting with you both uh, again. Um, yeah, because things have certainly slowed down, and we figured. Why the hell not? We have these conversations on a regular basis. Let's uh, let's just hit record and throw it out to the people again. Yeah, basically, I was working at home uh, last week, and I was flipping through the guide on the TV, and I saw that Eight Mile was on MTV. Now, a ritual throughout my life, ever since I met Daniel Dudley, has been to text him the minute that I see that Eight Mile is on TV. And even though we're three time zones away now, uh, I still felt compelled to let him know eight miles on. And somehow that turned into, hey, let's start the brunch breakdown again. And then we hit Dan up with just like emojis, but no real uh, no real direction to them. But Dan was just like, yeah, totally. Let's do it. And now now we're doing it. Yeah, well, you guys are messing part, with me, honestly. But the best I was part like, about that was Dan didn't respond for the longest time. I was like, oh, <laughs> he really just is like, all right, no, I'm not doing the shit again. No. Dude, I got a little worried. I was like, oh, he's not into it anymore. He's like not, he's not about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> we thought we had gold and then Dan's just like, no response. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I guess that's a sign. Because we're just not doing this. Yeah, because honestly, I was, I was. I, I thought it was some sort of joke or something or, you know, it started with, yeah, the big, the big eyes emoji. And I was like, 
what are we looking at? What's, why are we doing this? Like, what did I miss? Um, you know, what's happening? And then it, it just continued to evolve. And, uh, we got the, we're getting the band back together. This is, this is, this is really happening. And it's very, it's very exciting. Yes, it is very exciting. And there's a lot of things that we could talk about, but you know what we're going to do this time? We're not going to exhaust ourselves for this uh, time during the brunch breakdown because we are going to uh, do this weekly. We're not going to do this every two weeks where we try to smash a million topics in and we are dead afterwards. And basically our spouses and girlfriends, they all hate us because I'm pretty sure they all hated the brunch breakdown because it took so long and we're not going to do that this time. Yeah, well, what we called our rundown for each episode was the menu. Uh, Naturally, for brunch, you would have a menu to choose topics from is what we went with. Um, But our menu was like the Cheesecake Factory menu every episode (laughs) where there's like no way that you could ever absorb that much information in one sitting. Um, So like Didi said, we're not going to do that this time around. That is 100% correct. I can't believe I didn't think of that before. Like, yeah, we were trying to do the Cheesecake Factory menu. And I don't know about you guys, but every time I go to Cheesecake Factory, I see something new. So there's that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, new format, uh, new era of of brunch. And this is going to be better for, for everybody involved, I think. I love the the menu comparison there. Yeah, shorter menu. That's what the, you know, those real nice restaurants do. few things to choose from. Uh, we won't exhaust ourselves as that as much, and I won't have to uh, pair up two hours of recordings to try to get everything to line up. We've got <laughs> new technology. I'm very I'm very happy about all of this. You could say that Gordon Ramsay came in uh, 24 hours to hell and back, and now we have five things on our menu, and that's that's about it. We've got we've got nothing on our menu, and I mean, hopefully we don't. We're not one of those people who like change back. We're like, oh no, we're changing the name, we're changing right. everything, and then we're out of business in like a month. So, yeah, hopefully we, you know, don't do that. But uh, <laughs> but welcome to the brunch breakdown. Uh, we're gonna be talking last dance, and I feel like we should just stop start, start talking about that right now because that is what's taken over all of our lives because there are no sports, and that's about as much sports as we've had is the last dance the michael jordan documentary on espn and it was five weeks of amazingness and i'm happy that they did it over five weeks and didn't just say here's 10 episodes and we all just like forgot about it it's like Mm -hmm. appointment television every sunday you had to watch and i don't know i loved it a lot of people are kind of you know ripping it a little bit because michael jordan had final approval but i'm like we got all this awesome footage that was just literally sitting around for 20 something years and we got it. So I loved it, but what'd you guys think? Yeah, I, I totally did too. I, I heard, uh, Sam Smith, the, uh, you know, famous writer from Chicago who is featured quite a bit throughout the documentary says, you know, it's not quite a documentary. It's more like when you see those movies and it's like based on a true story, you know, it's kind of that way since, you know, Michael was kind of, uh, steering the ship through it all, but it's like, if that's how we had to get it, that's, that's totally fine. Um, you know, because like you said, all of this footage has just been sitting there for years and years and years and nobody knew, not even Michael knew if and when he was going to release it. So if that's, you know, how it was presented to us, it was done in a fantastic way. Uh, the director did an awesome job, I think, and how it was presented. I agree with you having, you know, programmed television that it was released over the series over the course of five weeks really made it enjoyable to watch and always made it look forward uh, something to look forward to. And they got it done quickly. I think the last interview done was in March for this. 
because uh, this wasn't supposed to come out, come, out, come out to the summer, right? It was supposed to come out in June, like after the NBA Finals. But ESPN was like, "Hey, uh, there's nothing go- there's nothing to put on TV. You got you think you guys can uh, hurry that up and get that out quicker?" So, credit to them for for doing that. And it's yeah, I loved it too. Uh, it was you know we all obviously grew up in that era watching uh, watching the Bulls just dominate um, and Michael Jordan being the best athlete in one of the biggest stars in the entire world. And to kind of relive that was, was just awesome to, to see that all again, to be able to remember it in such, you know, great detail to have, you know, this idea to fo- have a cr- film crew follow you following your team around, knowing that like, this is, this is it. Let's go get this all in footage because this is never going to happen again. And then for us to be able to relive that as fans, I thought was just brilliant. Did you ever at any point like wonder what the camera looked like that the guy was filming all this stuff with? Because I wondered that and I wondered like, did it, did they literally need the last 20 to 30 years just to convert the footage to something that they could read it off of? Cause like in 97, my dad was using like one of those beta max, huge ass cameras. And so I'm like wondering like, Especially in that last one of the last episodes that just aired where they were like sneaking Rodman out of the back tunnel to like get away from the reporters. I was like, how big was the camera that the dude was chasing after Dennis with? Well, see, that's a very good point, because especially somebody who's covering the who's like following the Chicago Bulls at that time. Because there were smaller cameras because there were there were cameras with like the little cassette with the little tape. But those cameras were like, you know, I we we had one that was like because it wasn't the big shoulder camera. I think we were past that. But it was still like you had to put your arm through the strap. Still wasn't like light or anything. But but with cam those cameras, they were I mean, they're following. Those are like news cameras. They're following them with everywhere. Yeah. Like there's no way there was anything smaller because they wanted the best footage for that because think about like one thing during this documentary that's interesting is like how bad like the like the film is from like the 90s Mm -hmm. like how bad the basketball footage is and there's all the 80s footage has streaks in it so like (laughs) it makes michael jordan look like a blur or anybody moving fast it's like there's streaks it's weird seeing that it's like my God. And, it, and you're like, man, I'm so happy that we're not going to look at highlights like 50 years from now of like whomever LeBron or whomever, because we, the, everything looks better. Like the HD cameras and all of that all looks so much better. But yeah, there were probably serious like professional movie cameras getting all this footage because it's so good and it's so old. And because they had to just keep filming, right? So they had the big battery packs on there because I think you're right. Like those kind of handheld cameras were coming out. You saw uh, in the last episode too, where they're going up the elevator in the hotel in Utah after they just won the championship. One of the Bulls players has one of those cameras in his hands. I can't remember who it was, but he had one of them there. It was kind of like the introduction of that. But yeah, for them to be recording all the time, they had to be those big ones. And I remember when they showed Michael filming Space Jam and they're doing some of these ridiculous scenes with all this, like, you know, the guys in these green suits and everything. They have the director holding this massive camera up, like running around just on his feet. He's just on his feet, just like free handing his camera. And I'm like, that footage couldn't have turned out well, but they probably used it, you know, crazy to see like how far that's come. And, you know, everything now directors on these big, you know, cranes and chairs and everything's moving around and everything's so smooth. But yeah, that had to be a uh, tough lugging, lugging some big pieces of equipment around for hours and hours at a time, days after day after day, uh, filming all this stuff. But like, 
I'm so glad they did, obviously, because the series was awesome. And I so 97, 98 was when I mean, we were all like 10, 11 years old around that range. Um, Like I loved Michael Jordan, one, because back then he was one of the only. I guess the Bulls were one of the only teams you could see really often because they were so good. And I think. I think they were on like WGN quite a bit yeah. too, which randomly back then everybody got Chicago sports for it was like that. And then everybody got the Braves on TBS, yeah. you know, like that. Weird. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. The thing about WGN, we used to, we didn't get it in Wellsburg. My uncle got it in Weirton. We used to go watch the bulls at my uncle's house, like wow. 10 minutes down the road because he had WGN. So we would go watch the bulls games there. That's, That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. But yeah, he was like one of the only guys that uh, you could see all the time. And like, so I felt like I knew their story relatively well. But then after watching these 10 episodes, I realized I didn't even I wasn't even scratching the surface about what I knew about Michael Jordan. And like when you're 10 or 11, you're not paying attention to all this stuff anyway. So there's no way you would have known when you were a little kid watching him. But like, man, like. I knew he was a competitor, but I didn't know he was that big of a competitor and like how he could just turn anything into motivation. And like, I don't know, some of the stuff about like you mentioned Space Jam, them building him his own arena to yeah. train in and how they had NBA players coming to 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 play that whole summer. Um, I don't know. There were just so many little things that were in the in these episodes that I had no idea about. And that made it kind of like what we let off with that actually made it feel like live sports, even though it wasn't because I was learning so much stuff for the first time. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you heard a lot about his interaction with teammates and opponents and things like that. And this gave a much, much deeper insight to that and how he pushed his teammates and how he's, he treated them. And, you know, he got emotional kind of recapping that, but I thought it was, you know, we, we kind of had an idea of that. Right. But just seeing it kind of was eye opening. But I think what was interesting for me was, uh, his relationships with, with some competitors and some opponents and how it was, you know, he had very few, you know, kind of really good relationships, with some of those opponents and, you know, his competitors, but how it really highlighted that, you know, he's talking to Carl Malone um, and Reggie before their games in the finals. Um, the episode with Kobe was obviously like really difficult to watch and amazing to see and very, very surreal still, still with, uh, you know, everything that's happened this year. Um, but the respect that he had for Kobe and the way that Kobe had the respect for Michael, you know, it wasn't just a matter of, you know, understanding that Michael Jordan is the best player in the game, but it was just very, it was, it was very interesting to see how those relationships uh, differed between opponent, between, you know, people he had friendships with and people that he just absolutely hated their guts and still does to this day. Isaiah um, Thomas, you, man. Yeah. And like Clyde Drexler. By, by watching them on the court, you know, he goes hard against all these guys, but it's like that behind the scenes stuff to understand kind of those relationship and friendships and absolute hatreds I thought was pretty fascinating. Didi, poor Clyde. Dude, <laughs> Clyde, Clyde was just a nice player. Like no he one didn't do ever anything thought, anybody to deserve that. No one ever that, thought but... Clyde was like the, the greatest player of all time. No, when he, Clyde wasn't the best player on his team when they won championships. Like the worst thing that Clyde ever did was say that he was good 
And then Michael Jordan was just like, I'm going to show you what good looks like. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just funny. It's like no one thought that I've never heard anyone say Clyde Drexler was on the same level as Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan thought he was for a, a second. And that's what it was. Like, there are so many, all those stories that came, I think it was episode six and seven when it was just like going through this, like, it was because it was like BJ Armstrong, you know, it was like BJ Armstrong had that one great game or whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like Michael takes out his fuel. It's like, it's BJ Armstrong. You guys are the Chicago <laughs> Bulls, you know, and the stuff with uh, the stuff with Reggie Miller is great. And it's just, it's so funny. He, he just makes stuff up. Like just blatantly made stuff up about one dude in the story that had like a big game. And then he's just like, yeah, like I tried to shake his hand. He wouldn't shake it. And then it was like, wait, what? That never happened. What are you talking about? Like Mike just makes stuff up. It's, it's so funny to be that competitive. And it's also like really sad because I, that scene where he cries and he's talking about being competitive. I really think they, they set that scene up super well because it's everybody calling him an asshole that knows him. So, like, all these people who know him, and not that many people know him, they're all like, yeah, like, Mike was an asshole, but, like, we won. Like, yeah, Mike was terrible. He was a bully. He was this. He won. But, like, you know, we won, and he brought it out of us or whatever. And you're like, would you have said that if, like, the Bulls didn't win six championships? Like, if you guys were just all right? Right. Because like, <laughs> none of them seemed to say anything that that didn't seem great to say. But then it goes straight to him saying, like, I didn't, you know, make them do anything. I didn't have to go through and all that, which was cool. But it was also, like, really sad. It made me feel like, man, like, you aren't friends with anybody. Like, you sacrificed a lot. But it was just one of those cool things. Like, you're that competitive that you were like, no, this is what, I mean, this is what I have to do. And, like, I... I mean, it worked for him, but it also just kind of made me feel like, damn, that, like, that sucks. And I feel like he was more crying because of, like, that. Like, thinking back of, like, wow, all these people hate me. <laughs> Thank God we won. Right, right. No, yeah, yeah you're right. That that changed it drastically for him. Um, yeah, to, to, to see, like, you know, like, the type of person he is now and how easily after basketball he could have become, you know, Mr. Nice Guy and just sat on a pile of money and continue to rake it in and, you know, be friends and playing golf with anybody on the face of the earth that would want to play golf with him, which for the most part they can because he's going to gamble and win, yes. you know, take their money. <laughs> but, you know, the fact that a lot of that stuff hasn't changed for for Michael, that he's still he's still that competitive, even though, you know, as an owner, he hasn't uh, really been able to, <laughs> to do much about that. Um but that he still, yeah, feels that way about those people and that he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't care, right? He doesn't care about making amends with anybody. Him and Charles Barkley don't talk. Like they had a friendship at some point and Charles says that he's like, you know, I just, Mike and I haven't talked and, you know, we had a friendship and it's, it's just not there. It's just not, not going to come back. Like you think Michael's going to all of a sudden wake up and change. I mean, like, Hey man, I know it was really hard on everybody back then, but I was just trying to win. Like, He's still that same guy, uh, and that's pretty you know, amazing that he just sticks to that and, you know, has a couple of cigars a day, and he's Michael Jordan. That's all he needs to be. Yeah. It it still sucks him and, like, Isaiah Thomas aren't friends. It just seems like they should at least something. But, I mean, you know, not everybody can be friends, but it's just weird. You've got two of the greatest basketball players ever, and they just, like, will never sit down in a room together and speak. But it yeah, happens, like I guess. That whole situation with uh, here's another thing I did like I feel like the whole time I was watching it I was just like I didn't know that I didn't know that I didn't know that and I didn't know that like 
up until not that long ago, teams would just leave the game before it ended when they were going to be eliminated. I did not know that happened. Well, there's reasons for that because it used to be a lot more hostile at games. Yeah. In the NBA, especially in the 80s. And like, like fans would just come on the court. So like that wasn't so that's why that thing was like kind of overblown because like a lot of people were saying in like you know different podcasts listened to during that they're like that wasn't they're like it wasn't great sportsmanship but it was also like you didn't know what was going to happen at the end of the game like if some rando was going to come on the court and do something stupid because there's just no security I mean you see that in like old baseball footage and stuff like when you know like Hank Aaron's home run like back in like 1970 whatever like some dude just walk is running with him when yeah. he's doing the home run trot like yeah. but that stuff used to happen all the time or whatever I guess but um people did used to do that a lot I mean look at Michael's security he had his team of security and they were all like you know, five, six, 150 pounds soaking wet. I was like, this is a security team. Like, <laughs> hey, guns equalize everything, Dan. I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but there is nothing. Every single one of those dudes had guns. They're like, because do you notice sure. he's just in that room? He's not with anybody else. And I'm like, was that how it was all the time? Because they kind of allude to that, but it's like, was that just how it was? He just hung out with security guards, like, up until yeah, there was a lot of footage of that. So you made it yeah. seem like it was like that all the time before, like every game. He was just in there with his security boys, just watching TV or flipping nickels on the on the carpet. <laughs> dude, you, dude, I knew Mike was a ga- like I knew about Mike's gambling and all that stuff. But like, well, at least I knew some of it before this documentary. But like, yeah. you know, you are a hardcore gambler if you are just throwing nickels against the wall and just throwing down twenties and hundreds with your security <laughs> people. I'm like, you, whew, Michael. You That's have a problem. That's like, extreme. there's a big problem here, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> like, just the way that he and uh, what was it the, the the when he did the interview with Ahmad Rashad with the sunglasses on before the finals, mm-hmm. whenever when he had to like go to trial for that you know shady guy or whatever yeah. that he owed a million dollars to. That I was like, wh- who? That would never happen today. Not one person would say. You, you, dude, they'd be like, dude, you got to take those glasses off. You look at like everything we're calling you. You look like an alcoholic. <laughs> you look like a gambler. You look like somebody who needs to go away for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're looking, you're trying to hide a lot of issues, which everybody is, you know, claiming that you have. So maybe, you know, take those off in this dark room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite part? Do you have a favorite, like, a favorite scene, lasting moment from The Last Dance? Wow. That's that's tough. Do you? Uh my favorite is all the is like all the Dennis Rodman stuff. Because that kind of like took me back to like and this whole documentary in a way did it, but like the Dennis Rodman stuff just took me back to a time that I almost like forgot about. Like how just crazy Dennis Rodman was at the time and how even crazier it would be now if like I don't know, Blake Griffin put on a dress and sold a book <laughs> and took down Times Square. And also at the and at the same time, like had his hair being a crazy color and like it was with Madonna at the time. You know, it'd be like with it, it'd be like him with like Rihanna at the time. It's like it, I don't I wish somebody would have like made that connection known. It was like they kind of threw the Madonna thing in there, like it wasn't a big deal. It's like he was 
dating Madonna in the early 90s. Like, yeah, that's like somebody dating Beyonce or dating Rihanna or or, you know, one of the Kardashians or whatever. Like it was insane. And like Carmen Electra was Jesus Christ. Like that was literally that to me, Carmen Electra was Jesus Christ. I was just like, (laughs) this is this was it was insane to just to like look back and see like he was doing all of that. And this is no social media area. You know what I mean? But like if that happened now. Just think, because it was hard to try to figure out a player, you know, like if Draymond Green decided to do that. If like, you know, like it, it, that stuff was so eye-opening to me because even just him dressing in drag and stuff, like that would be such a conversation now, you know? Right. He was him, doing that 20 years ago, leaving like over 20 years ago. Leaving the team in the middle of the NBA finals to go oh. on Monday Night Raw. Uh, yeah you know if that if that would have happened nowadays like <laughs> could you imagine that, again, that was crazy back then like you know you saw the media frenzy that it, it chris you alluded to it, that scene where they're trying to like sneak him out of the building yeah. after that happened after practice like if that happened now oh man i can't even can't even imagine but yeah i think a lot of that the dennis rodman stuff was just super super fascinating to kind of relive through and just you know imagine what that was like uh and how crazy it all was um you know being able to hear from dennis i thought it was i was surprised i think for how much phil jackson said he didn't seem to hold a whole lot back and he was just there opening it all up telling a lot of those stories um and so i thought that was that was pretty interesting uh that they really pulled that back but i think that or even the the early year stuff right when we were all real young, you know, the, the first three Pete of the bulls and Michael coming out of college and like the bulls building up to championship contenders early on with Michael, uh, was pretty cool for me to see because we were, you know, young and and just couldn't recognize it at the time of, of what was taking place, you know, those battles with the Pistons and things like that. So just getting a better appreciation of how that was to start, um, because Michael referenced it about, you know, guys like Steve Kerr coming in new to the team being like, oh, yeah, we're part of the championship Bulls. And he's like, man, you didn't do bullshit to get here, man. You weren't part of those teams. You didn't do shit. You weren't here when I was here. We had to build this thing from the ground up. Like you got to, you know, we're starting you back at the ground floor at level zero. So kind of like getting to appreciate that beginning, you know, element of the Bulls dynasty. I thought was pretty cool too to, you know, see that stuff in detail, which, you know, uh, again, we were just probably too young at the time to to fully understand. I uh, yeah, all that stuff was good, and and I, I yeah, like kind of what you said, Dan. I didn't know. I think from like understanding Michael Jordan as a kid when we were growing up, you just understood that that was the greatest basketball player in the world. But I didn't, and I knew a little bit. Like everybody's heard the oh, he like didn't make the varsity team or he got kicked off of JV or whatever that thing is. And like, he didn't make the team and all that. And, uh, but like, I, I didn't even know much about his North Carolina career. So to see that and then like fully understand how long it actually took to build the bulls into what they were was interesting. Um, and I really liked the flu game. I loved watching that or the pizza game or whatever we're calling it now. Um, 
And we call I know that I the hangover Didi... game over here. That's what we call it. We call that the hangover game over here. And I'm still <laughs> not buying it. I refuse to buy it. Like I am a grown man now. I I I refuse to buy the flu, the food poisoning, none of it. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but I no. I, 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 I was going to bring you up because I saw you tweeting about it after the episode. I think I buy it though. Like I think Michael Jordan was so extremely competitive that in that setting i don't think he would have like gone out and partied the night before a game or anything like that and like i even think back to the beginning of the series where they talked about how like early in his basketball career he like was he was all he was focused on was basketball like he wasn't even interested in partying and like obviously that changed but I just always knew of the flu game and the, the fact that that pizza thing just dropped into my consciousness as I was watching this show, just t- like, I, I could not believe it. I, I could not believe it, but I do believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I just hated the, like, I hated the way the thing was set up. It's like five guys came and then it's just like all these dramatic shots at his friends. And I'm like, this is not a mob movie, guys. This was not like five people. I'm sorry. Five people didn't deliver this pizza. Diddy, and I guarantee you if you like city mob, that's the Salt Lake City mob. You don't understand. That's how they get down in Utah. God, if you. OK, that part right there makes me think that it might be true now that I was just like, you know what? Maybe that is the mob in Utah. That actually could be something. There that's what I'm saying, man. There. But yeah, I I just can't believe I can't believe I feel like if you would ask those guys 10 years ago, how many people they probably said like, oh, yeah, three people came and it just keeps adding people. So when we yeah. ask these guys again in 15 years, they're going to say, oh, there were like seven, I think there were like seven, seven to 10 guys <laughs> came and gave Michael a pizza, just one pizza. I thought it was weird, but you know, maybe they just knew they were giving it to Michael Jordan. You know, I, no, I don't believe that someone poisoned Michael's pizza. I believe that Michael was is competitive. And was very competitive at like playing poker and drinking a lot of tequila and had alcohol poisoning. Because the thing about it is, it's like whatever you say it is, it doesn't diminish what he did. He went out there and scored 38 points and basically shut down the Jazz that night, hung over. Like, he's 37. Like, I'm 35. When I'm hung over, I can't pick my daughter up. (laughs) Like... Like, I can't do anything. By the way, my daughter's 18 months old. I can't do that whenever I am hungover. And I am two years younger than what Michael Jordan was during the during the hangover game. So, like, it's impressive regardless. We just don't need to lie about Michael having the flu anymore. Like, it's a long time ago. Like, we don't have to do it. Just right. And like, say wh- what it is. Why after all this time, it's, you know, they're, you know, that detail could have been, you know, let out years ago. Years ago. And you're, you're right. Like, 1030 at night. In Park City, Utah, there's more than five guys working at a pizza place. Like, I don't think so. The and they're fact all that just there's like, a place open is shocking to me. Right. Like, you right. can't even drink right. It, like, I because I think in Utah they like they specially make beer for them because they can only have so many ounces in a can or something like that. Yeah, so much alcohol for the yeah, for ounces. So, yeah, yeah, the alcohol percentage. Yeah, is like lower there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's no way. Yeah, it's just. The fact that there was that big fabrication of that story, I thought the same thing. You're absolutely right because it's like, well, nobody else ate the pizza. I'm the only one who eats pizza. That's why I got food poisoning. Well, you're probably the only one drinking the $500 bottle of tequila, and that's why you got <laughs> alcohol poisoning because you don't like to share with anybody because those stories came out too. It's like he used to spit on food because no, so nobody else could have any of it. <laughs> you know, so it's like that's probably more realistic. The truth's buried in there somewhere, and. uh they decided they'd come up with this fabricated pizza story. <laughs> Get out of here with your <laughs> pizza. 
All right, you guys have done more research on this than I have, but I like thinking that it was the pizza game. So I'm sticking with it. That's fine. Call it you can call it the pizza game. I'm I'm sticking to the I'm sticking to the the hangover game or alcohol poisoning or something. Yeah. But I mean, but that was cool. I mean, I thought like um there was one point in the because what you were saying, Chris, you were talking about how like I I remember the last 3 championships i remember a lot and there's still so much that i like missed because i remember the championship after when they beat the sonics and when he was laying on the floor that was the first time i'd heard that audio of him actually sobbing because like the footage that i've always seen is just like either silent footage and somebody talking over it or like the game footage where it's like the announcers are like this means so much to him blah blah blah. but like that was i didn't even know that existed Cause I've seen that shot so much of him just like running with the ball into the locker room and then just like crying and you knew he was crying, but like mm-hmm. hearing it was just like, Holy crap. But like yeah. that's not what his dad is wild. Like whether, you know, there's conspiracy theories and all of that. And they went over that in the doc, which I thought was cool. Cause I didn't know that was going to happen. Like, I didn't know they were going to talk about any of the gambling stuff really until they started talking about it. And, but that stuff with his dad was like, like, I mean, he just got murdered. Like, that was just disgusting. Because I don't yeah. even know if I remembered if... I knew his dad died, but I didn't know if I remembered him dying like that. Yeah, if I that's another thing I like didn't that. I didn't know. That, like, man, it was just like every episode, something new that kind of blew your mind. But that one, I just like you said, Didi, I knew that his dad passed away. I did not know what the cause of it was. So yeah. that was that was awful. Yeah. So... Guys, I think the last document uh, uh, documentary that we recapped on the brunch breakdown years ago now was one of our favorites, oh, uh, the OJ documentary, because we did Juice. the uh, FX series. Dude, Juice is free since the last time we talked, right? <laughs> how about that? <laughs> we sure we joked. That. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we joked about like how he'd have a Twitter account probably at one point, and now he's like totally doing what we talked about. Yeah. Oh my god, he had. I'm surprised he doesn't have a show yet. Yet, I'm surprised he doesn't have a it's show happen, on some sure. streaming service yet because there's the need for content everywhere. Woo. So I hate to I hate comparisons. Trust me, I do. But like which those are like two amazing documentaries that we've seen. And they've really, you know, ESPN's 30 for 30s have kind of revitalized uh, that aspect of entertainment. But these two big ones in the past couple of years uh, seem to be some the two most popular. Got so many viewers, especially again now with everything going on. Uh, do you have a favorite between those two, or if you had to watch one, you know, an, again a year from now, which one you'd uh, maybe go to first? OJ. <laughs> but wait, hold. Okay, wait. I'm gonna I gotta preface this because yeah. if we're talking about like rewatching this, like I could watch this Michael Jordan documentary with like my kids in ten years. Yeah, that's I don't a good point. know if I want to do that with OJ. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's gonna be a lot. It'll because with OJ, it's like I felt like I was too young to watch some of the stuff. Like when they break down, there's that like oh. I think it's episode like four when they break down the oh. way that like that was if awful. he did it, like the way that he would have done it, and like yeah. they had the forensics guy talking, and I was like, this is wild. Yeah, right? and they had all the pictures and all the gory yeah. details. That was yeah. awful. Yeah, like that part, like that stuff was just like insane to me. Like, I don't, cause it's, cause I feel like with Jordan, I could watch most of this documentary like 
you know, in 10 years if one of my kids really likes basketball. But with OJ, that's more of like, a, oh, I was, you know, in my college humanities class, we learned about something and then like they end up watching, you know, so they want to talk about OJ. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Made in America is cool. But that's like it's like 20. <laughs> like, I don't know if that that's not going to be so like talking about like rewatching it. It's definitely Jordan. But no, OJ is like on. I just feel like that's just on another level. Like, that's just the OJ stuff is insane. Like that's wild. Chris, how about you? Yeah, that I, I, I feel like probably OJ. Um, just because of the, it's a, it's more unique in that. I mean, we're talking about two athletes that were at the, you know, at the top of the, pedestal you know during the time that they played and even for oj after he played i mean he was everywhere um but like the jordan documentary is still mostly about him playing the game of basketball and being competitive while oj is just like you're talking sports that has a a murder mystery dropped into the middle of it and they randomly play it on TV sometimes. And like, I, I can't not watch it when I see it on the guide. Like I'll, I'll always tune in for a little bit to watch it. Whereas I think like if they were both on at the same time, which one would I choose between? I think I'd probably choose OJ just because of that, like extra element to it. But that, I don't, that shouldn't reflect poorly on just how awesome the Jordan doc was. And if it's on by itself, and OJ is not on at the same time. If if the if ESPN does that, that's a really bad decision. Okay, don't yes. do that. Don't put them on at the same time. Bad decision. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I still think when I see the Jordan doc on, I'm going to watch that too. Yeah, I think you know. Yeah, you, there's definitely a different feeling after watching each of them, right? Like after you watch OJ, you kind of just like, I think I need to go take a shower or something. <laughs> Feel just a little yikes. Um, <laughs> you know, I think there's a little bit more of a better emotion, uh, with the, with the Jordan doc. Um, but it's tough. I thought they were both super well done. Yeah. The, the amount of, you know, detail that went into OJ was, was crazy. Um, and just eye opening stuff. Right. And then with, with Jordan, it's, you know, pull back the curtain, uh, to kind of be able to relive stuff in a, in a more positive way, even if it's told from Mike's point of view, uh, for the majority of it. So, um, who knows what the next one will be? That'll be the, that's, that's, the, that's the big question. If we get anything that's going to be as good as this. I, uh, be, before we depart the Jordan documentary topic, I feel like one little piece of this entire documentary has been left out in our discussion that we need to talk about. And that is Jerry Krause. Oh, because yeah. yet again, another thing that I had no idea of was all the behind the scenes stuff. None of that. With, I knew none of that. None. Yeah, of that. and like Jerry Krause is is gone. He 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 died years ago, and I couldn't kind of help but feel bad for the guy because of the this whole story that's being told, and he can't speak his own piece. Um, but at the same time, like who who would say that stuff? <laughs> During this the season where you're looking at a potential three peat for the second time, why would oh he that man like that guy makes it he made it really hard on himself in the in the court of public opinion. 
Yeah, and it didn't matter if he talked on there because I mean the the owner of the the Jerry Reinsdorf was on there too, and he kind of looked stupid too. It's like why would you let your general manager do that? Mm-hmm. Because but that also shows how great Jerry Krause was, and he thought he was better than everybody. He thought he was more important than everyone. Like, and he was right most of the time. Like getting rid of that team in '98 was right. Like that team was done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. team was pretty much done. They weren't going to win again because after that, that's when Tim Duncan shows up and like wrecks the league. You know what I mean? And then Shaq and Kobe are like right there. And it's like, no, this, this, this was done. This bulls thing, but like, you're not going to let them try for a seven. Right. You're exactly. not going to let them go on their own terms. Like you literally just forced Michael Jordan into retirement. Cause he's like, well, I'm not, you know, it was a different time then. So it's like, now you wouldn't see that happen. Like Michael Jordan would have went and played for the Knicks or whomever else, you know, he would have played for the Rockets or something. He wouldn't care. Wherever, he wherever Phil Jackson played. got hired. Yeah. But like now, you know, but back then it was like, well, I've played here forever. Like I built this team. I won all these championships. Why would I go somewhere else? You know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the position he put Michael Jordan in the greatest player, <laughs> the, the greatest player ever. He put him in that situation. But I don't dude. He just when he was making after one of the championships, they show, they make a point to show him talking about how he's like, you know, but it's like this team's great. But the people in the front office, they're oh. better. Like I, he Dude, went on this I was whole pic- thing. Didi, I was picturing you watching that as he was reading through his Dude. little speech, and I was like, Didi is banging his head against the wall so hard. I was right now. losing my mind, <laughs> losing my mind. Because for those who do not know, I hate coaches. I hate general managers. I hate them all. I know their job, and I don't n- really hate them. I just don't like when they, you know, try to make themselves seem like they're more important than the players who are actually doing the things. It's like, as great as Jerry Krause was at his job and getting all the pieces together and making sure they had Pippen and Rodman and Kerr and Paxton and all these people, like, they still had to be out there and play. Like, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan still had to be Michael Jordan. Like, is you know, like, you only look like the biggest genius of all time because Michael Jordan's there. You know, maybe you luck up and you draft someone else and you win a championship. You win two championships. Because think about that. It's like the Rockets won two championships. That's a big deal. That's a really <laughs> right. big deal. Right. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> like, poor Clyde Drexler. Nobody cares. Hakeem Olajuwon. Like, when... um. In that, when they showed the draft footage, because the first episode, me and Siobhan were watching, and she was like, who's Hakeem Olajuwon? And I'm like, yep. That's why you don't know Hakeem Olajuwon. Like, oh, it's a shame. There's a reason you don't, because Michael Jordan was just, the, he, you know, it, that he was that big of a deal that people don't exist, you know? Like, there are generations who have no idea who Patrick Ewing is. Or if they know Carl Malone, they know him because he's the person who lost Michael Jordan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, that's how big of a deal it's. It, it, that's how big of a deal Michael Jordan was, man. But Jerry yeah. Krause, back to the original point, just little man syndrome. Just, <laughs> that was wild here and all that. <laughs> I love how they made fun of him the whole time. They just all made fun the of him all time. the time. <laughs> I could watch that clip of Scottie Pippen dancing and telling Jerry to sit down. I could watch that over and over again, dude. That was so sit down, Jerry. That was so funny. Ugh. He's like, you getting in the lay? And then when they were in, like, the thing was in there in Paris, and he's like, you guys getting the you getting the layup line with us? 
You issue with us? Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) They're constantly just calling him too short, calling him fat, calling this. I'm like, man, they hate that guy. Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, One thing I want to ask you guys about The Last Dance is, do you think Michael Jordan could have survived the social media era? If Michael Jordan gets thrown into 2010, so like early Twitter, does he get in like that's where his career goes from nightly, you know, so let's say the replace 1990, 98 to 2010 to 2018. Does he survive? I don't think I don't think he does. I think he gets driven out of basketball even earlier and, you know, maybe even doesn't have that itch to come back. But like, I feel like even his baseball career would have been really really difficult on him in the social media era you know he like kind of went there you know you know in a small uh, baseball system and you know the fans were there and he was kind of like just one of the guys like he was talking about but like that shit doesn't go away on social media those people were always still there and it would have been even brought more uh into the national spotlight about how poorly he was doing or whatever it might have been yeah i I don't know because you know because he's you could you could see he's not one of those guys that would just be like oh he he's not on social media he doesn't have twitter he doesn't you know he doesn't pay attention to that stuff you could see him watching sports center and reading the paper and like basically basically taking people's names and calling out the writers the next day be like we're going to show you we're going to show you we're going to show you like i have no idea how he would have ever been able to handle handle it to the extreme pressures that like social media creates nowadays it would have been really really strange to see how he would have had to have adapt and you know maybe just had a shorter career altogether and just just tapped out of it but yeah i I don't think he would have been able to handle it very well i think about that a lot with just athletes from the past and i think in general the vast majority of majority of them would not be able to handle it um i don't know there's something about like growing up while this is happening or while it evolved that you understand like the response, like I guess the responsibility that comes with it, but like also that like it keeps you honest, you know? And I think he would have struggled with that quite a bit. Yeah. I feel like he would have like, it it just reminds me of like Kevin Durant, you know, how Kevin Durant had the burner account. Has a burner account. Oh yeah. 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 Got caught with that. I feel like Michael would be very close to not as like emotional as is maybe not as emo as Kevin Durant, but I just feel like he would have gotten caught like with a couple burner accounts, just like ripping media members and just, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty fascinating. My goodness, man. But dude, the last dance was awesome. I loved it. Um, made me feel good. It, made, it explained a lot as why I. I like I think about sports the way that I do because and you I don't know it's one of those things I I always I always kind of know why I think about sports the way I do I think of it as entertainment I love combining sports and music and all those things together but like it's really because of that team like that team was like just ev- was everything they were all of those things and Michael Jordan was like the first of so many with the, you know because at one time the like somebody showed a picture of like. Pippin shoes, Robin shoes, and Jordan shoes. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, what other team has three shoes that you want? Yeah. 
you know? No other team had that, you know? And it's they were just everything. Just sports, music, fashion, everything, entertainment. They're in movies. They're in, you know, it's, it was, you know music videos, everything, you know? Yeah. And there's never been another. That's why people keep asking about a 10-part doc, docu- docu- documentary for another team. I'm like, I don't know if you could do it. No. No, you're right. They they changed. They changed the landscape and nobody's been able to, you know, replicate it. And not just not just like on the field or on the court. Obviously, we've seen the Patriots, you know, dominate in Super Bowls and they have, you know, the ability to do that on the field. But like no one wants to see that. Like, can you imagine what it would be like to follow that team around? Like, oh, horrendous. I'm already asleep. They're going to have one, though, because they kind of like, you know, like. Mike had the championships and then the baseball thing and then championships and the Patriots had championships and then Spygate and all that shit and then championships Mm -hmm. again. So I I thought that, I mean, I saw that the whole next day after it ended was who gets the next 10 part doc. I don't know if it'll be 10 parts, but that would be, I think the next team and no to to agree. I agree with you, Dan. No, I do not want to really watch that. No, that team didn't do anything exciting it didn't change anything you know except you know bend some rules and things like that but like you were saying dd like what the the bulls did outside of even just the sports world was something that no other team has been able to do we've seen on on field and on court you know success maybe even not to that level how it was just just so freaking dominant and it was just unbelievable to see the you know be able to see them compete the way that they did uh but even you know outside of that realm of sports how they changed so much, you know, in the nineties, how much, you know, things were changing in the world as it is technology evolving. Uh, but for what they did was, you know, you know, it, it was, we were in the perfect age to be growing up during that time and having like that be the team to be able to, you know, look, look for and be able to watch and kind of, you know, how that would impact how we were able to, you know, see things and judge things moving forward and be able to have that, that group and always be able to remember that, that team is how special they were. Yeah, I'm already asleep thinking about a Patriots documentary. I just, I have not, it's tough to fill 10 hours of, of like entertaining footage. Of Belichick interviews. Just think about, you know how great Michael Jordan was being interviewed in this? How great he was and how charismatic Michael is and how yeah. just he's always been great at that. Mm-hmm. But like Tom Brady is not that. No. And it's like no offense, like Tom's great, whatever, but he's not that. Like he's not there's nothing about the Patriots that I'm like, oh yeah, I want to listen to those guys talk. No, it's it's all about it really with the Patriots, it's all about like the fact that they win all the time and the fact that they had so much off the field yeah. shit going on. Like Aaron Hernandez is another thing that comes to mind. Like <gasps> have you watched winning, that though? Yeah, dude, that I had trouble sleeping for a little while Good. after watching that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think Dan Dan was a big Drew Bledsoe fan, and that's why he doesn't want to watch the Patriots documentary when it comes no, out. No, that's trash. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I hated Drew Bledsoe. I hated him so much. I feel kind of bad for him, kind of, but not really. Oh. <laughs> true blood so good god those forgotten names yeah drew <laughs> shouts to drew well guys this has been fun it has are we gonna do it again <laughs> i think we should I, we you know we only covered one uh subject it was a big one and one that's been taking up 
you know, like you said, we haven't had any sports to watch. Sports is is so much of uh, all of our lives, and to not have that or really even en- entertainment. It's been really difficult now to to find things to entertain us. We can't go concerts or anything like that, uh, obviously. So to be able to have that and you know sit here and recap it with you fellas was 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 great. So hopefully we'll have something to talk about next week. You know, we we only covered one thing, so. We'll have to find oh, we something, have something else interesting that's been about. happening. Because you ex- just mentioned like three things that we will talk about yeah. over the next episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited to recap with you guys like as sports announce that they're coming back and like what those sports look like and just us getting to tear apart the stupid ideas that like the owners and commissioners put together. I'm excited yes. for that. And I'm also excited for sports to just come back in general. We'll probably be talking about sports in front of no fans and what's what that's like um there's yeah there's a and that's that's just sports there's a lot of other stuff people are still releasing music we talked about music quite a bit before uh in the previous 30 whatever episodes that happened three plus years ago um yeah everybody's releasing movies just straight to streaming services now which is crazy we had that to talk about and there's this little vaccine thing that we have to talk about too. You know, coronavirus. That's that's a whole thing. We should probably touch on that. I guess. Yeah. yeah. We have yeah, a Chris, lot. Ex- we just have a lot to talk about. Chris, I'm excited to see what like year you are in music. We haven't talked music, <laughs> you know, every week for three years. So I don't know if you like caught up with us or you're like, you know, you got some jam from 2008 that you're gonna drop on us or something like that. But uh, yeah, that's. That's an exciting topic that I'm always looking forward to finding out what what you're listening to. But you're right. People are still releasing music. Dan's always excited to hear my favorite bands from 2005. And I'm always excited to hear just the names of the weird bands that Dan (laughs) listens to. So that's always been a fun part of what we're listening to. Okay. Last thing. uh, Last thing to say here. Dan, you are a huge fan of Grimes. Yeah. We actually saw Grimes at Coachella. Great show. How do you pronounce her and Elon Musk's kid's name? A bunch of bullshit. That's how you pronounce it. Um, <laughs> That's a weird name. Yeah, yeah. X A A twelve. It's just they have a droid. It's. I'm furious about it. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a, a multi-minute segment to to get into that. We're we're definitely gonna touch on that. That's just a tease for next time about. Yes. So me and Didi will hit record. And we'll just walk away for 15 minutes and then we'll come back and <laughs> see if Dan's. <laughs> oh my goodness well guys this has been fun uh we'll be back with more episodes of the brunch breakdown i guess we'll record these sometime soon i don't know when yeah sometime in the next week or so we'll we'll go with the the weekly plan and try to keep the episodes a, a little shorter and uh cover more that way so um it was good to to knock the rust off with you boys a little bit um and get back get back in the saddle this was fun thanks good job guys Well, guys, it's been the Brunch Breakdown. We're out.